Heavenly Father, I pray that you will be with us as we look at your word here in Matthew's Gospel. And I pray that you will speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. This morning we're continuing our series of kingdom parables, uh, stories Jesus told to reveal the kingdom of God to us. And this morning we're looking at forgiveness. But first, I want to share a story with you. A woman bought a parrot for a pet. All the parrot did was treat her badly. It insulted her, and every time she picked it up, it would peck at her arm. One day, she got so fed up with the parrot as it was insulting her, and she picked it up, and it continued to insult her. You're ugly! I can't stand you! And it pecked her arm as she carried it out. She opened the freezer door and threw him in and closed the door. From inside, the parrot was still going on for about five seconds, and then it went suddenly quiet. She thought, oh no, I've killed the parrot. And she opened the door, and the parrot just looked at her. She picked it up. Then the parrot said, I'm very sorry, I apologise for my bad behaviour and promise there will be no more of that. From now on, I will be a respectful, obedient parrot. Well, okay, she said, apology accepted. The parrot said, thank you. Then he said, can I ask you something? She said, yes, what? And the parrot looked at the freezer and asked, what did the chicken do? In our reading today, Peter asks Jesus if we should give up to seven times. And Jesus responds, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. In some Bible translations, it reads, 70 times seven. When I was a teenager, I used to wear a badge with the numbers 70 times 7, a reminder of this parable. 70 times 7. For those of you doing the maths, I'll save you the time, it's 490 times. One of my friends at the time put it another way. By the time you've got through forgiving, you've probably forgotten the misdemeanor against you. Or as Martin Luther King once said, Forgiveness is not an occasional act, it is a constant attitude. But as a teenager, I can't remember ever having to work that hard in forgiving anyone. However, as an adult in the 21st century, forgiving can be a difficult and painful process. Which is probably why Jesus asks us to keep going, not just once or seven times, but 70 times 7. On the 7th of July 2005, four suicide bombers killed 52 people in a series of explosions on London Transport's network. They targeted tube trains at Orgate, Edgware Road and Russell Square and a bus in Tavistock Square, now known as the 7-7 bombings. One of those killed was Jenny Nicholson, a young woman aged just 24. Jenny's mum was a vicar at the time, Reverend Julie Nicholson. Eight months after the bombings, bombings, Julie Nicholson resigned from her parish when she was unable to forgive bomber Mohammed Sadiq Khan, who had killed her daughter. When interviewed 10 years on, she said, she was still unable to forgive him. 
I read that story in 2015 and was really saddened that Julie chose to resign. Because forgiveness can be, as described by Jesus in this passage, as work in progress. Something that we are asked to participate in, and if we can't do it the first time, then try again, and again, and again. Why? Why does Jesus ask us to forgive? Because it gives us freedom. Freedom to be the person God calls us to be. In our first reading this morning, from Ephesians, in chapter 4, verse 1, Paul writes, I beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Jesus gives us a wonderful example of how that can be done. We read in Matthew 18, starting at verse 21, the parable of the unforgiving servant. A slave owed his master 10,000 talents, but upon begging his master for forgiveness, the king forgave the debt. But on leaving the king, the slave grabbed another slave that owed him just 100 denarii and threw him into prison until he would repay the debt. Now, we don't know what that money means in today's currency. A talent at the time was worth 15 years' wages as a labourer, and a denarii was a usual day's wage for a labourer. So um, we could think of it as the first debt being, say, two to three million pounds, and the second debt as two to three hundred pounds. <clears throat> but the fact is, Jesus has exaggerated these figures to demonstrate how great was the debt forgiven by the king in contrast to the small debt owed to the slave who had been forgiven. C.S. Lewis once wrote, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. In this new kingdom, revealed to us in this kingdom parable, God grants us grace. And rather than passing hate on, we are to pass God's grace on. Jesus is establishing God's new covenant with Israel and the world. This kingdom, this new Israel, differs from the old in that it is not under law, but under grace. And as we experience God's grace, Jesus tells us to pass that grace on, to put it into practice, to practice grace giving, to live graciously. So does forgiveness mean that we forgive and forget? Not necessarily, but rather that we should never, ever give up making forgiveness and reconciliation our goal. We should always aim for forgiveness rather than revenge. In July this year, the world celebrated 100 years since the birth of Nelson Mandela, a man who knew how to forgive on an extraordinary scale. Mandela spent 27 years in prison. He said after his release, as I walked out the door towards the gate that would lead to my freedom, I knew if I didn't leave my bitterness 
and hatred behind, I'd still be in prison. After his release and the end of apartheid, Mandela helped set up the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, a process that would help signal the end of one season and the beginning of another in the new South Africa. Mandela led a new nation to forgiveness on a colossal scale. In this parable, in Matthew's Gospel, the king is angered by the unforgiving servant, the man whom the king has bestowed, bestowed such abundant grace upon. And on hearing the tale of unforgiveness, the king now revokes his former decision. He now orders that the debtor should be tortured until he pays back, which the victim would never have the means of paying. Jesus says in verse 35, so my heavenly father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Why does Jesus say this? Tom Wright, the former Archbishop of Durham, writes in his commentary on Matthew that this seems out of keeping with the rest of the gospel. Can't God override our failings? Well, it seems that God won't. And that tells us more about the nature of forgiveness. It has to be passed on. If we refuse to do this, to pass this grace on, then we will be unable to receive. We are either open or closed. If we are open, willing and able to forgive others, then we will be open to receive God's love and forgiveness. Something Nelson Mandela demonstrated with abundance. But how does that look for us this week? Now, we may never have anyone owe us a substantial sum of money. And hopefully, we will never face the extreme conditions of terror or oppression to forgive. But we all have our own issues of forgiveness to deal with. Some of us here today will be imprisoned by our own inability to forgive. And some of that will be on a huge, colossal scale for us. Divorce. Betrayal. Redundancy. We can all be bound by our inability to forgive. But Jesus shows us in this parable how we can be free to receive God's grace over and over again. Forgive your brother and sister from your heart. Let us go then and bring in the kingdom as revealed in this parable. Let's go back to the beginning. Jesus commands us to forgive 70 times 7. Perhaps if we're still counting, then we're not forgiving at all. Jesus tells us to forgive. Let's get on with it. Let's pray. Almighty Father, Heavenly King, we thank you that you forgive us our sins. 
Please help us to forgive those who have sinned against us, that we might know the abundance of your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.